0: All right, so welcome to the Biohacking Beauty podcast. My guest today, I'm very excited to have him, is Avi Greenberg. Avi, do me a favor and uh, tell us a little bit about you.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's, a, it's an honor. Uh, my name is Avi. I am a certified Wim Hof instructor. I'm a recent father of a baby girl, Josephine. Uh, and I started in this practice of Wim Hof method six years ago on my own and uh, never thought I'd eventually be climbing mountains with Wim and leading workshops with thousands of people, but that, that was the path I ended up taking. And I left my career in uh, startups, you know, health and wellness, fashion, and the last one was in tech to, to pursue full-time Wim Hof method workshops. Private one-on-one breath coach, and also corporate wellness—you um, know, instructor for for companies like Netflix, Samsung, and uh, some smaller companies as well. So these days, you can find me in Salt Lake City. I came from Brooklyn, and I'm living out here, practicing jujitsu, doing backyard sauna and ice bath every day, and uh, leading small workshops, both corporate and private.
0: Yeah. So uh, as I said before, I'm, I'm personally uh, super excited to have you on. I've been following you for a while. That's that's how I found out about you through social media and uh, looking into the uh, Wim Hof method. And so before I think we begin and, and kind of delve into exactly what you're doing, can you please t- tell whoever, you know, the one person who haven't heard about Wim Hof and his method, what exactly that this method is about and what are you know what are some of the practices and what why would people do it?
1: Yeah. yeah, that's a good question. So Wim is an actual person. He's a man. He's uh from the Netherlands. Uh, if you ever meet that's
0: him, yeah,
1: totally. <laughs> Honestly, I was thinking even more of a Neanderthal. If you ever look at his calves, they look like bowling balls. He's just a very short, stocky, strong individual. Um, and he basically repackaged and remodeled an ancient practice that all different cultures utilize. Uh, the three pillars of the method are breathing cold and mindset and The breathing is taken from uh, tumo monks in the Himalayas. So these monks utilize this breathing technique to change their body temperature and change their metabolism, maybe partially knowing, you know, they're in the mountains and these snow-capped mountains, and they use this breathing to heat their bodies up. And then he also willingly started going into cold. So for Wim, it was uh, an experience that he did from from loss. His, His wife had committed suicide. So uh, he was dealing with the loss of his wife, raising four children, um, you know, a real free spirit. You know, he was a yoga instructor, he was a mountaineer, he was a kind of like an all around wild man. And um, to deal with the loss, he started going into the cold. And as his kids grew up, you know, they were, as I've been told by his daughter, you know, they were made fun of and, and insulted in school because they had this wild dad who was probably picking them up you know, with no shoes on and, and t-shirt and shorts in the middle of winter. So kids can be kind of rough. And as the kids grew up, they realized there was something special about their dad as he continued to break world records and climb mountains and swim under ice, frozen water. And uh, the kids eventually decided to create a business out of it because Wim's not a businessman. If you've met him, if you've seen him, it's not, it's not his is modus operandi. He is not interested in creating a business. He's interested in helping people feel happy, healthy, and strong. That's sort of his motivation is to give people their power back. So when I found Wim Hof Method, that was where I was at. I needed to get my power back. I needed to get my energy back. I needed to kind of wake myself up from the long slumber I'd been in. You know, I was lethargic, tired, depressed, like a lot of people are suffering from anxiety. And I saw this vice documentary on whim, which a lot of you have probably seen, or you've heard him on Tim Ferriss or Joe Rogan. And there's some sort of like childlike enthusiasm. And I lost that. I numbed myself out for years and it was time for me to re- rediscover that. So six years ago, actually living in Miami, I was living in North beach. I would get up every morning and I forced myself to do the breathing. And then I found a cold plunge and I went into the cold every day. And I, I didn't know what to do. And the first time I got in, I was out in five seconds, in and out. And then from there, you start to realize, I deal with stress by breathing. If I extend my exhales, if I slow things down, I can handle the cold better. And then all of a sudden, things start to click. And then it carries over to your regular life.
0: And what did you... So that first of all, that, that's a great, I think, introduction to the Wim Hof Method. Not necessarily because you have to be in trouble to to discover, you know, something new. It's 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 something with, with that we've we've gone over in the podcast before, and I was talking about in other podcasts that in our and I'm going to incu- include you into the biohacking family. I think everything yeah. you are doing to affect your biology out of a kind of a choice is it can it can be translated into biohacking. And I I say it a lot that most people I feel like uh, have found this space because of some personal issues but it definitely carries over to anyone who wants you know a better to optimize their life if you would so what are some of the some of the benefits that you've experienced out of you know out of uh, either breathing and i'm sure we're going to get get more into breathing but just as as like uh, to take to entice someone to listen to the rest of this podcast
1: yeah so what so are- I, th- I think early on sorry to cut you off but early on i was just so excited cuz early on, I didn't realize how bad I was. Like I knew I had low energy and I knew I was tired a lot of the time, but I didn't realize how bad it was till it started to shift and change. And the biggest change that I think I felt early on was that my sleep improved almost immediately. Uh, It improved by the fact that I was waking up four or five, six times a night. And all of a sudden by doing cold and this breathing exercise every day, and I was also doing heat. I was going into the sauna, doing the cold plunge, and doing the breathing once in the morning and once at night. I noticed almost immediately, maybe a week in, my sleep just started to change. I actually started to wake up and feel rested. I was going to sleep earlier. Um, I decided to also change my my diet at the time, so I, I'm sort of like. I don't just jump in to the pool with one foot. I jump in head first. And and that's what I did. I jumped in head first. I decided to, to, to adopt the the habits and the routines. And all of a sudden the sleep changed. And then, you know, my body started to feel less achy, less stiff. Uh, my mood started to improve. Like my, my enthusiasm started to improve. Um, you know, and I was actually working for an anti-aging medical practice at the time, uh, you know, one of these hormone replacement therapy um, clinics that was opening up in Miami. And so I had access to get blood panels done. So I actually could look at my, my hormone panel, my testosterone, my cortisol, my, you know, my thyroid, my cardiovascular panel. So I could actually see in real time how my body was starting to change. And they also had us do in-body examinations where they, they measure your skeletal muscle mass versus your body fat. So in real time, I was seeing one, my cardiovascular panel was moving towards a very healthy state. Cholesterol was going down. Cortisol was going down. The stress hormone, testosterone started boosting naturally. And then from another side, from the physical side, I actually saw my body fat dropping significantly. I went from 15, 16%, which is considered you know, normal-ish to under 7, 8% in, in about a, two or three months. Um, so I think, you know, the breathing was the catalyst, the breathing was sort of like the tip of the spear. And then as I got more comfortable doing the breathing every day, I slowly started to feel better in the cold. I slowly started to figure out how to handle the cold better. I started to feel better in the sauna and then the diet changed and then everything sort of cascaded from there. And and I mean, if I, I should have done a before and after picture, because I, I probably looked like a different human being after three or four months.
0: It's true because most of the time, especially, so I got, I think the first time I, I heard about Wim Hof is when he uh, broke the record for diving for the furthest distance under yeah. ice or something like that. That was a little before the Vice documentary. Yeah. because they kind of documented it on Vice. Uh, and when you look at, at an outlier, you normally kind of disassociate and say, okay, that can't be me. But I think if, you know, if you show it before and after, you kind of show how, you were like someone out there and you did make a change. it can definitely lead to uh, other people making that change. But yeah if, if we can unpack a little bit the entire system, so you're talking about you're saying I, I was doing the breathing and um, and continued from there. We obviously all breathe. right What's the difference between the average person how they breathe? Uh, maybe less than average. What are some mistakes in breathing, and then what is
1: the the, the action that that you have done in order yeah. to? So it's a good it's a good question. Um, average person, and I'd say most people have some dysfunctions when they breathe. That could be they breathe through their mouth, they sigh excessively, so they take big <sighs> gasping breaths and they sigh. They hold their breath. A lot of people, when they get stressed out, you know, I work with professional athletes, musicians, a lot of times when they get into that stress state, they hold their breath or they breathe really heavy through their mouth. Um, So that's, that's, that's common. I mean, I think that's based on just the way we're, we're programmed these days. You know, oftentimes I'll see people on their phones or myself on my phone. And I'm looking at my phone like this and my mouth drops open and your mouth should really be closed. All the time, unless you're eating or speaking, otherwise your mouth should always be closed. Uh, there's no filter in your mouth. So when you breathe through your mouth, there's zero filtration. Um, it's not good for your teeth, your gums, you know, you could have a dentist on here and talk to the dentist about the correlation between gum and tooth disease and heart disease. You know, it's our first line of defense, is our breathing. So, you know, we're breathing roughly 23, 25,000 times per day. So when it's off, like what I'd mentioned, those different issues, then all of a sudden you'll start to see more issues with sleep. You'll see more issues with, um, you know, like I said, gum tooth disease, but you also see stress, stress issues. People tend to be more stressed out, more anxious when their breathing is, is off. Uh, the way we calm our nervous system, there's two ways, you know, Dr. Andrew Huberman talks about it at length. The two ways are by breathing and by your vision, your eyes actually help regulate your nervous system and help put your nervous system in a calm state or into a more alert state. So I think when I work with people, you know, I try to get them to one practice, the breathing exercises that we do, which most of the breathing exercises I teach are very calming, but then to start to notice how you're breathing more throughout the day. So like you and I, we talked about jujitsu and, and, you know, I know you live in Miami, you're in the car a lot for you to notice how am I breathing when I'm driving? Is my mouth open? Is my mouth closed? If I'm talking on the phone and I'm trying to, to do my work, am I, am I talking a lot? So therefore I'm holding my breath or I'm breathing through my mouth a lot. So there's two things. There's, conscious breathing, which is what Wim Hof method is. So it's consciously directing, influencing, and um, changing up your breath, like holding your breath, breathing fast, slow. And then there's breath awareness. That's when you just allow your breath to do whatever it does naturally. So you just go to sleep at night. And you notice, oh, I'm breathing through my mouth or I'm breathing through my nose. I'm not changing that. I'm just noticing it, or I'm going to the gym i'm getting ready to go to the gym how am i breathing before i'm going to go roll the jujitsu am i stressed out am i anxious i just had two cups of coffee am i breathing weird because of that so i try to focus on teaching people how to become more aware of their breathing because once you become aware of it and you start to notice hey my breathing's slightly off i breathe more through my mouth and i breathe up here in my chest or i breathe you know short shallow breaths or i gasp for air a lot then you can start to make the changes because most people aren't going to, you, you know, I mean, you know, as well as anyone, you're purple belt jujitsu. Most people will show up at jujitsu. They'll try it once and they'll never come back again, or they'll come for a few weeks and then something changes with breathing. It's the same thing. If I, if I work with you one-on-one and we do five sessions, you might not do it again, but you don't have to necessarily practice. You could just become more aware of it in your regular life. And then all of a sudden, Just that awareness will hopefully improve the quality of your breathing. And then from there, you start to notice like, oh, I'm actually breathing through my mouth when I sleep or I'm breathing through my mouth when I'm rolling or or working out. And then all of a sudden you maybe start to make some adjustments Um, because it is the most basic and fundamental movement that we make. You know, you're doing it all the time. You know, you could go days without eating, you know, a lot of people, me included, will do a three, four day water fast. You can go a couple of days without drinking water. You can go days without sleeping. You know, I just recently experienced how, you know, my wife had a baby, you know, we went weeks without sleeping. It felt like, um, breathing's non-negotiable. If you don't do it six to 12 times per minute, you're going to have some problems. Most of the time, you don't even have to think about it. Your body just does it. Cause if your body didn't have that autonomic system of telling you, breathe, 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 then you might forget, you know, it's just, it's an interesting thing because it's the one thing that humans do consciously, like we can direct our breathing, but no other animal consciously thinks like, all right, I'm going to take a big inhale and I'm going to hold my breath as I exhale. You know what I'm saying? Like animals, don't they just do it naturally and it matches their environment. So, like if my cat gets let outside and all of a sudden gets tense and 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 alert, it's gonna affect my cat's breathing. But humans, we can literally go outside and be like, all right, I'm nervous, I can breathe slow and I can relax myself, or I'm rolling in jujitsu, I'm getting really tense and tight, I can relax myself and calm myself down and half guard. I don't need to be in this aggressive state because I'm in a comfortable position here. So we're actually the one animal or species that can do it consciously and change the way we do it. And that in turn changes our heart rate. It changes our blood pressure. It changes the way our mind processes information. It changes our digestion. So it has this cascading effect. So when it's on and you're doing it at a good level and it's comfortable for your body, it will have a cascading effect on your digestion, your heart rate, your cardiovascular health, your mood, your energy. So that's, that's kind of what I noticed was just, The more I focused on it, the better it got, the more calm I could make myself, the more I could bring myself up because breathing can be calming and relaxing. Like most people think, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to download Headspace or this meditation app because I need to relax. That's what 90% of the people think. But breathing can also be energizing. Like there was a period of time yesterday, for example, I went for a run before I went for the run. I did four rounds of Wim Hof breathing just to amp myself up. It's like 105 degrees in Salt Lake City right now. I I like to run with a beanie on, it's hot out. It's like a little bit of an aggressive run, but if I can amp myself up with breathing and get myself energized, maybe the run's gonna be a little bit better. Breathing can also be a third thing, which is cathartic. So oftentimes you can do a breathing session And this happens often with like rebirthing or holotropic breathing, which is a very aggressive kind of fast moving breath exercise. And people cry, people laugh, Mm -hmm. people start yawning, and it becomes this very cathartic experience. So it's breathing can be a lot of different things. And I think that's, I think that's why Wim got a lot of popularity because he sort of rediscovered this breathing exercise, the Tumo monk breathing, Tumo breathing. And a lot of people, didn't realize that you could have such physical sensations when you breathe. So if you've done Wim Hof, if you haven't, I'm happy to talk about it, but you can get tingling all over your face and your jaw where your face feels like it's buzzing or humming. Your chest can feel that way. Sometimes people can get like these lobster claw hands where their hands get like clenched and they're in this kind of state where they can't move. Um, Sometimes again, people can laugh. They can cry. I mean, I've done breathing sessions where I don't even know why I start laughing all, all the way through it. And, and it's this really nice release. Um, and I think WIM sort of brought these other modalities of breathing back into popularity because, you know, these are ancient practices. There's almost no, I, and this isn't proven, but there's almost no breathing exercise or cadence that hasn't been done before. I mean, think about the existence of humans, thousands and thousands of years. I mean, you're telling me if I came up with a breathing exercise right now that nobody's tried that before, I'm sure someone has somewhere down the road. It's just the repackaging, the putting it out on social media, claiming this was my thing or that thing. I mean, listen, everyone's got, every breathing coach, expert, whatever you want to call it, has their shtick or their routine. I'm sure someone else down the road or in the past, they've done it, you know? So it's like, I almost think, you know, it's, it's like this, this like unspoken communication that people can do. Like when I'm rolling with someone, and I'm rolling with like, let's say a bigger, heavier guy. And we're like two minutes into a five or six minute round. And he's like, <gasps> I'm like, I know where we're at. You're done. You're, and listen, he's probably a purple belt, and I'm still a low level, like, you know, white bell. He's still going to tap me at some point, but I know if I work hard now, I'm going to, I'm going to make him work past his comfort zone and I'm going to really push him. But you know, it's like this unspoken dialogue that you have with breathing.
0: Definitely, and uh, we, could, we could see it so kind of going hardcore into the uh, martial arts world, even though that's kind of far from this podcast, but um, I, think, I think it's an, an amazing example. Uh, we just saw a few months ago a guy named Leo Vieira fight in the UFC, and Leo Vieira, to people who don't know, is really one of the most influential, most terrifying jiu-jitsu practitioners of the last maybe decade and a half very decorated multiple time world champion reaching really the pinnacle of of athletic endeavors as far as you know jiu-jitsu and fighting goes and he's he just fought in the uh, ufc which is the biggest fighting organization out there and he got submitted by a person who in specifically good in jiu-jitsu he's okay in jiu-jitsu he's a purple belt and again leo Vieira is this multiple time world champion and the, and you know the reason he got submitted it was because he just ran out of energy completely so you know they say fatigue makes uh, it makes cowards of 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 us all yeah and that's 100% true um, and what i think what i think the modern society contributes is definitely the, the ability to aggregate knowledge or to access knowledge. So I'm sure whatever breathing method uh, we come across, it's not the first, not the second, not the third time it ha- someone yeah. has tried it in history. Maybe we should consider ourselves lack- lucky that we can access it and that, that we got these tools. And. What I think Wim Hof, what draws me specifically to Wim Hof is the the yes the packaging, but the packaging, and on the packaging it's saying you can control your body, you can right. control your chemistry, your bi- biology, and that's I think the message or the magic of the message of Wim Hof. And in that you know subject and even connecting with Dr. Andrew uh, Dr. Huberman. Um, we, re, you know, the second part of the Wim Hof method is that relationship with temperature and Huberman talks a lot about uh, how temperature is that uh, governing switch hormonally in our body, uh, how, you know, when we wake up in the morning, our, our temperature is higher when, when we fall asleep, the temperature lowers and that's part of our, the, the way that our system regulates itself. So what is the relationship with temperature and Wim Hof? What are, what are you doing exactly? Are you just getting into a sauna?
1: Yeah. Uh, it's a good question. So, I mean, the relationship with, with, with cold, cause it's really, I mean, Wim doesn't necessarily promote the heat, but it was always part of my routine to, you know, I was into sauna and steam way before I ever got into a cold plunge. You know, you go to a spa, you get a massage the saunas there, you know, cold plunge. I wouldn't even go into most of the time. Um, and I think for me and for, you know, the method, uh, I think one of the big draws is initially the cold it's seeing, you know, these professional athletes and people doing ice baths for years and years and years. And it's kind of like that wow factor that people have before the workshop. They're like, Oh, it's all about the ice bath. The truth is if you go to Wim Hof workshop, most of the time it's anywhere from three to five hours long, the ice baths like 20 minutes, like 30 minutes at the end. It's you talk about the cold, but ultimately it's the mindset. The mindset builds your your understanding of what the cold is. First off, like the acknowledgement of this is a healing modality. This is to be respected. This is to go into with like a sense of calm and peace before you go in. And then the idea is that you're going to work on your breathing for three hours in a way that you probably never have. Cause most people don't even think about how they're breathing. They just breathe and you go in so dialed into your breathing and almost calm and euphoric from the breath session that people will go through that it gets you into this kind of loose, relaxed state. You know, it's like when you see fighters before they go into a fight, you see that one's super tense and like really like ready to rock, ready to pop off. And the other one's like super chill, very relaxed, but very dialed in. Um, you know, the mindset and the breathing, that's what prepares people to get into the cold. So it doesn't really, the workshop doesn't really work. And the method doesn't work. If it's just one or two pillars, it has to be all three. Like that's sort of like the magic formula for the method because Wim has his own mindset. And I think, you know, you touched on it briefly. The thing that people like about Wim and the reason people gravitate towards him is because he speaks from the heart. He's not trying to manipulate or 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 talk in a way where he's trying to, to outthink people or outsmart people. He just tells you what he feels and he always says feeling is believing. So when you get into the cold, the initial response is going to be a stress response. You know, that's what Huberman talks about, it's what you know, Dr. Rhonda Patrick talks about, that neuroadrenaline, that neuroepinephrine kicks you hard when you first get in. Your first response is to kind of suck suck for air like <gasps> like scared breathing like fright flight breathing um and then all of a sudden if you have a coach or you're doing it with someone that's helping you they'll start to tell you to emphasize the exhales so you focus on long exhales the exhale is actually how we calm ourselves down the inhale raises your heart rate the exhale lowers your heart rate and oftentimes you know in breathing sessions, A lot of people wear these pulse oximeters because it's measuring your pulse, your heart rate, uh, your oxygen uh, saturation, your blood's oxygen saturation. So you can literally see when you breathe in, your beat goes up maybe one or two. And when you exhale, the beat goes down one or two. So with that in mind, when you're in the cold, focusing on your exhales is actually how you start to relax and the vision. So it's like the vision. So I've done workshops in, studios in small Manhattan or Brooklyn studios where everyone's surrounding the person in the ice bath and people have their phones out in that person's face. And it's like, they're getting kind of cramped visually because Mm -hmm. they're seeing all these people around them. And they have a lot harder of a time relaxing than someone, let's say comes over to my house. We're in my backyard. They go into the ice bath. It's just me and that person and they're breathing and they're looking out onto trees and in a garden and they have all these visuals that are helping them to relax also. So from there, once you relax, that's when all the health benefits kick in. You know, I, I've done uh, workshops at places where you have really strong, tough guys get into the ice bath and even women, you know, too, and they get in and they kind of grit their teeth and they squeeze and they fight and they try to muscle through a three minute ice bath. They never have a good time. It's always a difficult process. They they basically never relinquish control. They never submit to the experience. They just allow the ice to kind of be something that they're rolling with and fighting with. You know, it's like the difference between like rolling and flow and just playing around and having fun and pulling that gi and squeezing till your arms start to shake that's what people do in there. They try to like beat the ice and you can't beat 35 degrees. You can, you can work with 35 degrees. You can breathe into 35 degrees. You can allow your body to kind of absorb the cold and feel the cold. And then you can allow the cold to do what it's supposed to do, which is lower your inflammation, boost your collagen, give you a boost of energy, help you burn energy also. And it's just, it's a whole different experience based on how you're breathing and what you're doing with your muscles and how you're clenching or if you're relaxing. So that's where all the health benefits really start to kick in. And it's the people that relax and they're able to drop in.
0: And is that the part that you're talking about in the Wim Hof Method as far as mindset? Is that the mindset you're talking about?
1: It's the mindset leading up to it in a way, yes. It's hard to teach that, because it's so intuitive. It's, it's just, it's natural. So some people, depending on what their background is, where they come from, how they've you know dealt with stress, how they deal with life. I could, I, a lot of times too, I joke with people. I say, listen, I could tell you to go into the ice bath and do three things right away. You're not going to remember one of them because the moment you hit that 35 degree water, everything goes out the window. It's like you tell me two things to do when I'm going to roll for the first time. I don't care what you told me. If there's a 250 pound guy trying to strangle me, it doesn't matter what you told me. I'm trying to survive. That's what people. That's the same stress experience that you have in the ice bath, where you go in, and your body's going to do whatever it wants to do. Your your system is going to go into overdrive. Your breathing is going to go <gasps> like that, and then it's the coach's opportunity to step in and help and try to down-regulate you or coach you through the breathing. And then also some people just know, some people go in, I, I have had people, in my workshops, they go in and it's like nothing. And it's not only, I mean, it's, I, listen, I'm a Wim Hof instructor. I did one this morning with a guy that's training to become a Wim Hof instructor. And I went in, I had a way harder time. It looked like than he did. I got in and, you know, I'd done an ice bath yesterday. I woke up early this morning. I was tired. I just went in and it, it shocked me. And the first time, you know, when I go in, I fully submerge. I dunk my head. I, I, I try to get my whole body in. Um, so it hit me hard, you know, and that's, that's part of why it's good. You know, it's part of why like jujitsu is good because it's hard. If it was easy and you went to jujitsu and you crush everyone every day, that's not fun. You go there and you're expecting to to have a difficult experience, but learn. And it's the same with the ice bath. You know, it's hard. Even if you get really good at it and you figure out how to downregulate, you still get that stress response. And that's why people do it because it does kick up that adrenaline that norepinephrine and then you do get that dopamine on the end so you do get to relax but it's all through breathing and mindset
0: that's amazing so first of all that's that's you know i don't do wim hof uh, you know per se but your explanation now just you know just uh, is very motivating as far as yeah as, as, um So how would a person start this journey as far, first of all, as far as uh, mentorship, but also as far as tools, right? What is the base minimum and where do you go from there?
1: Yeah, I think for a lot of people, it's, it's, it's hearing about it first. So it's whether it's listening to a podcast like this or, or going to like the, the main guy, Wim Hof and listening to him on his own podcast now, or, you know, he's been on a lot. Um, And then, and then, you know, maybe you download an app that's like the bare minimum, I would say you download like the Wim Hof app, or you download another breathing app. There's hundreds out there now. And then, you know, you start there or, or if you're someone that's really heavily interested and have been kind of already done that sort of research and that legwork, find an instructor. There's instructors all over the country, all over the world. I mean, there's more, more instructors in Europe than anywhere else, but there's literally instructors all over the world. You could reach out to most of them and just ask them to hop on a call or, or set up a call or set up a session, a one-on-one or a lot of them, I have a lot of friends that do the same things that I do. And we have group sessions. Now we have sessions every week on zoom. There's workshops all over the country, all over the world. I mean, you could literally go pretty much to any country in the world and find uh, a workshop. And it's normally like anywhere from like 80 to like $150 for a four hour workshop. And sometimes people are like, Oh, it's really expensive workshop. But if you can learn, uh, A tool or a method that could potentially change your life, change your sleep, change your recovery, change your attitude, your energy, your performance seems like not that much money, you know, and then, and then from there, there's some people that do it and they fall in love with it and then they want to continue to learn or, but eventually become a teacher of, of the method. Um, You know, there's a lot of stuff out there too. It's not, not just Wim Hof method. There's XPT, which is Laird Hamilton and Gabby Reese's organization. They also do sauna ice bath, and they also do a pool training, a pool workout where you go into a swimming pool with weights, you know, to train your stress response in, in, in breathless situations and hypoxic situations and there's you know oxygen advantage, which is really science heavy. But you know, for me, oxygen advantage is, is really more in line with how we're supposed to breathe all the time. Wim Hof breathing is only for like one percent of your day. It's just for one portion of your day can you do yeah. Wim Hof breathing? Oxygen advantage, potato method, that's how you should be breathing all the time. So yeah. um, you know, it depends. Everyone's different. Some people aren't really into breathing hard and fast like Wim wants you to do. So maybe it's oxygen advantage. You know, and if it's the cold that you're interested in, you can always start by taking a shower and at the end of the shower, even in Miami, you know, you just turn the hot water off, turn the cold on even though it doesn't get that cold, you know, it's still going to hit you in a way that that it's it's different. So you could start there and then slowly slowly work your way towards, you know, maybe going to a workshop or maybe you know setting up a nice bath with your friends or going to uh a zoom breathing session you know by one of the many instructors that offer it the nice thing about breathing is i can lead a session like how we're talking now and if you follow my cues you follow the cadence that i'm giving you or close to it you'll have an experience i mean you'll ha- you'll feel shifts take place whether that's moving to a more relaxed state or a more energized state or even having cathartic release i mean If, if you're working with people that know what they're doing and they're safe and, and they treat the participants, you know, like they should like family, then you could have a really enjoyable kind of breakthrough experience, even on a zoom session. I mean, my work has changed primarily from in-person workshops to almost majority, uh, online. You know, I work corporate online, I do breathing sessions with companies, I do one-on-one Zoom sessions, I do group sessions and all online, a lot of them. I mean, I do I'm starting to do more in person now, but you really can have that experience in a tangible way, even though you are on Zoom. I agree.
0: I think it's a big opportunity. I think it's a twofold opportunity. Firstly, to kind of connect to something that you're saying when when I talk to my friends or people who I meet along my my you know, my, my way of life. Uh, And I talked about, about uh, changing their habits in order to improve their, their wellness and uh, health. You normally, you don't normally, but oftentimes you, you get met with this shrug, the same shrug you're going to be met with. If you offered someone to change their car into a better car, they're like, ah, you know, my car is good enough. It's not your car. It's literally changing the, from lack of a better analogy, the road and the views while you're driving. Right. And you, by the way, you're, you're, how well you're seeing the road, etc. It is literally the most important investment you can have, you know, changing your life from, from a you know vegetable sitting on a couch yeah. uh, into, into a uh, wellness-seeking individual. I think it's the most important. And another yeah. thing that, that I loved that you said was um, the fact that the benefits are, I don't know if they're Im- immediate, but they can be sensed pretty fast and can be, you know, built upon. And I think it's very important because sometimes when we take vitamins or anything like that, we really kind of need to trust, right, you know, the road or whatever.
1: Yeah. I think it is immediate and it's a good point. You know, it's like, you know, it's when you do that intense workout or you're, you know, Peloton, you go to jiu-jitsu or go for that run, you get that runner's high. You feel good afterwards when you're on the run, you're like, Oh my God, this is amazing. You know, yesterday I hadn't run for months. And yesterday I went for a run. I'm in mile one. I'm like, God, I should do this all the time. Um, You know, you do, you do have that experience when you get into the cold, you really feel like you're alive. And a lot of people are in a very, passive kind of lethargic state right now. And they think that that is the status quo. Like you were said, you made that car analogy, which I like. And most people think that that, that experience is, that's what it is. That's what life is. Like I reached a point in my mid twenties and early thirties. So I'm like, God, I guess I'm just going to feel bad all the time and be yeah. tired, on be tired on a Monday every day for the rest of my life. And I'm going to be miserable in this office job. And you just kind of settle for it. And most of the time people don't make change because they're too tired. Like I read a book on, on how to change and how to break new habits. I break old habits and start new habits. Most of the time people are just too tired to do something to shift their whole routine. And I get that the breathing is, is like low hanging fruit though, because you don't have to go to the gym to do it. You can literally be on your floor, on your couch, on your bed, You can download an app and you can listen to someone else tell you what to do, and it will make you feel different. And, um, you know, sometimes getting to the gym or doing the things that you're supposed to do, like eating habits, changing that up, it's hard. You know, the way society, and not to go too macro, but the way society is set up, it's for people to be as lazy and as apathetic as possible. I mean, just look, I can order literally anything I want within a minute and it will be delivered within a day or two. And I don't have to do anything for it. It comes right away. I open up my box, I have my food, my clothes, whatever I want. And it's all really made for us to be as comfortable as possible. And what the Wim Hof method does, and what jujitsu does, and all these other modalities and things, it takes you out of that comfort zone and allows you to start to operate from a place of discomfort, but unknown. It's not necessarily like completely uncomfortable, but it is stretching what you think is appropriate for your day-to-day experience. And I find that the further you can go outside of that box and not necessarily far, far outside, but in a safe way, trying other things will make you feel better. It will make you feel more resilient. You know, So if you're in the same routine all the time and you feel like shit, then you might want to look at that routine and change it up. And, you know, a lot of people aren't willing to do that because they're really comfortable in that experience and it's tough, but I, I reach a point and my, I think maybe one of my best assets is if I'm not in a good place and I'm not happy with the job or whatever it is in my life, I'm willing to make a change. I'm willing to try something new to, to get out of that status quo and I'm willing to shake things up. Um, just because I won't do, I won't, I won't go back to that place of, of misery.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, kind of a hundred percent, I agree with you and going back to something that you said about not needing any equipment, not needing a gym uh, in order to start a you know, a breathing habit, I think is super important and kind of connecting to some of the uh, jujitsu and, you know, anal- analogies and terminology, you know, when, when someone consults me, uh, where they should, you know, what's the best gym that they should be training at or something something along those lines. Normally, my answer is, unless they're, you know, they need something special. Normally, my answer is, you really should go for the, for an adequate gym that is the closest to you. Yeah. Because there is something magical about deciding something and being able to do it either on the spot or something very close to on the spot. Before those protective or kind of, you know, procrastination mechanisms. Totally. Start in your head. And that I think it's magical about breathing. You can literally, you know, we, almost in a snap of a finger, you can start yeah. that,
1: that. You could of- do as little as six breaths. You know, I normally start all my sessions with six slow breaths through the nose just to show people, hey. You don't need to have a 30, 45 minute hour long session. And I've done corporate sessions that were six minutes. There's like, you can do six minutes for the board of directors meeting right before we start the director's meeting, one minute intro, six minutes of breathing, one minute outro. That's it. And A lot of people tend to feel something within the first six breaths, you know, six nasal breaths in and out is enough to lower heart rate and blood pressure. So for a lot of people, especially for those that are holding their breath or taking those gasping breaths, just six slow ones through the nose can, can make a shift. And, you know, a lot of times the rebuttal for people is like, oh, I don't have time to do five, 10 minutes of breathing. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Well, everyone's got time for six slow nasal breaths. I mean, it doesn't even take a minute. Maybe it does if you're really slow and you're doing it the way you're supposed to. But, you know, it's it's uh, I, I agree, though, you know, if there if there's too many barriers to entry for someone that doesn't really want to take a big step forward, they're not going to do it. You know, it's like if, if the gym's too far, if the routine is too complicated, then if they're not fully invested or the days that they have a rough day at work, or they have a problem with their partner or the home situation, they find any excuse. That's why I like going to the gym early. I like doing the morning yeah. class because no matter what happens after class, then I don't have to worry about going to that evening class. And I find too at you know when I was in Manhattan working out in my gym in Manhattan, uh, the energy, energy and the attitude of the people in the morning was always happier and more upbeat than the afternoon crowd. It was like what I was telling you about jujitsu at night in New York, people were trying to kill me at six, 7.00 PM class, the morning class, everyone's super chill, happy. Oh, Hey, everyone knows each other's names. They're happy to be there. They're just happy to be getting in their sweat, getting in their workout. Um, but at night it's like, i got to get it in. I got to do it. So, you know, if, if, if you're finding that, um, a lot of times I think get the hard stuff out of the way early in your day. So if like you have a tough time after work exercising because you're too tired and you had a bad day at the office or, you know, you got to get dinner before just get it done early, wake up earlier, go to sleep earlier. Your circadian rhythm is more in line with that anyway. So it's better for your body. That's, that was one of the big changes. When I started doing Wim Hof method, I started going to bed at nine, eight 30, 9 o'clock at night. I get up at 5. AM 530, no alarm, do my breathing, you know get my workout in. And by seven o'clock I'd already had, you know, a productive morning. So the rest of the day felt good. Yes. Um, you know,
0: first of all, that's amazing. That that, that's amazing insight. And there is the, the kind of connecting, maybe towards the end a little bit, kind of connecting, uh, some biohacking methods and, and what we were talking about there, there, one of the ways to improve sleep is actually, uh, sauna, you know in the hours leading to sleep and there it's it's a very interesting no it's a very interesting notion because we want to lower our our body core temperature our body temperature right you know close to bedtime and that might seem counterproductive you know heating up the body what, what happens is that your body kind of overcompensates called supercompensation, and starts to dump temperature and really gears you very well towards towards uh sleeping maybe in that in that little space i i you know i wanted to ask you this before we started recording and i said i'm going to save it uh for the podcast if someone is doing a sauna they have access to a sauna what is what are the time frames that they should be you know how long they should be, they be in the sauna then how long in the ice etc
1: Yeah, it's a good question. And I think early on, it's important just to like listen to your body. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, the the Rhonda Patrick report says 20 minutes in the sauna four days a week to lower mortality. That's a great goal. But early on, your threshold, your tolerance might be lower. You're not used to that extreme heat, especially if you're, you know, anywhere in the country seemingly right now and you're going through a heat wave. So, what I like to do. Um, and these are protocols again. This is all ancient stuff. You know, people have been doing hot and cold for thousands of years. Whether you go to, uh, you know, Nordic countries, Sweden, Finland, Japan, Korea, Mexico, all these different places have their own versions of hot and cold. So, I personally like to start cold. I find it's more difficult to get into an ice bath or take a cold shower. I also find that you get into the sauna and your body temperature is lower because you've gotten into the cold. So what is normally difficult sitting in 180 plus degree sauna, some of saunas are less, some are more, depending on if it's infrared or barrel or whatever. I do my three minute ice bath. I don't really time the ice baths anymore. Some days I will. Yesterday I went for the run. So I wanted to have an extended period in the ice bath. Normally the sweet spots two to like four minutes, three to five minutes, somewhere in that range. Again, though, you have to listen to your body. If you start shivering and your breathing is no longer in your control and you're losing control of your breathing, it's time to get out. So my protocol is ice bath first, full head dunk under. So I get my head cold. So that way my head in the sauna is also going to remain cold like my body. So I do two to five minutes ice bath. I get out. I don't just run into the sauna immediately after I take my time, I move around, I squat, I do push-ups. I've even done jump rope, I just kind of try to create some natural body heat.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's part of the health benefits. You know, it's H- what Huberman talks about a lot of these doctors talk about is that you want your body to heat up naturally. That's part of that's part of your system. That's part of your body's technology is to get into the cold and get out and allow your body to burn energy to get back to a normal body temperature. So I take five, 10 minutes, especially nice summertime, because it's hot out, it's sunny. So I'll just stand in the sun. Sometimes, sometimes I'll move, I'll do squats, like I said, I'll just do body weight stuff, just to get my body temperature up. Then I go into the sauna. And at that point, my body temperature is still cold, but I'm not, you know, I'm not out of control. Like I feel like my body's ready for the sauna. So I sit in the sauna and again, it's not, it's used to be very strict time, 20 minutes on the nose, sometimes more, sometimes less, but typically that was the goal. And now I, I just stay until I start to get a good sweat going. I get a good sweat going when I can feel my heart beating strong and vigorously, because you get that vasodilation, In the sauna, so your your veins open up, your circulation starts to really pump, and you can feel like I mean, I sometimes I can feel my heartbeat in my head, I can feel Mm in my throat. So once you start to feel that, it's time to get out. Like it's time to get out. So sometimes that could take twenty minutes. Sometimes that could take thirty minutes. I'm trying to become more in tune with my body. I'm trying to listen to my body to tell me, as opposed to like using my clock to say, "Hey, you still have ten minutes, five minutes left." There are some people that need, and then when I started doing these practices, I needed the time. I needed to do breathing exercises and record my holds that kept me honest and that kept me disciplined. Now I'm at a point where I just feel like my body will tell me you've had enough time. It's time to get out. So then I get out, take a moment, uh, go back into the ice bath, plop in head dunk under. And again, it's somewhere between two and five minutes. If I'm feeling good and it feels really nice, maybe it's six or eight minutes. Maybe maybe it's one or two. Maybe it's hard. This time it's harder. So maybe it's a shorter round. It's somewhere in that three to five minute zone though. And then same thing, head dunk in, head dunk out, get the head nice and cold, get out, move around back in the sauna. Again, maybe this time I'm really cold from that second ice bath. So maybe this time I'm extending my, my time in there. Maybe it's 30 minutes maybe the sauna is getting really hot now my sauna tends to crank above 200 degrees because it's just got an on off switch so it just keeps getting hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter so i can't do 20 minutes sometimes because it's just it burn, It starts your nose starts to hurt your ears start to hurt so sometimes it's 12 minutes and then when i start and then you build up that sweat again. So I start dumping sweat and that's it. I get out. I do one last ice bath. I typically end on cold um, for the vasoconstriction. So I like to end on cold. My heart rate gets lowered. You have that cold body temp going into your afternoon into your evening, you know, in Utah, Miami, it's way it's super hot these days. So the fact that I can maintain a cooler temperature, so if we want to take the baby out for a walk at night, or we want to go for a walk, you know, to dinner, I can go out and not feel overly hot. Um, Also, that vasoconstriction lowers the heart rate, the ice bath is actually a parasympathetic arousal experience. So you're actually getting into a more calm state in the ice bath, even though the initial point of it is stress. You kick over to this really relaxed place because you get a big dopamine release in the ice bath. The Mm -hmm. sauna is a vasodilator. So it is sort of sympathetic in nature because it is raising your heart rate. It is raising your blood pressure. So that's typically how, how my protocols go. It's similar style to XPT to like Laird Hamilton and Gabby Reese's situation. Uh, I I did a lot of their workshops in New York. I had two good friends in New York that were their master trainers for XPT. So we would do a Friday night fire and ice sessions with a sauna and two ice baths. And so that was typically how the routine would go. Um, And, you know, also at the end, the last ice bath is not a long ice bath. It's a quick one. I don't want to be too cold the rest of the night. So like the ideal place to be in for me is like finding that middle temperature of like, I'm not too cooked. I'm not too cold. I'm like very even, um, you know, there was nights in Brooklyn where we would do this in 20 degree weather outside and you could literally be standing outside in a wet bathing suit in 20 degrees after three rounds and feel totally fine. And feel like nothing, nothing, like nothing at all. Um, and that's, that's the ideal goal is you want to find that sort of middle space. You know, I know a lot of people will sit in the sauna 40 plus minutes and they really, it, it no longer is a recovery tool at that place, I think. And the same with the ice bath, when you start pushing the ice bath to the point of in shiverings, not necessarily bad, but uncontrollably shivering uncontrollable with your breathing, you're going to have a bad experience and you're not going to want to do it again. It's like, you know, it's like anything in life. If you overdo, like you go to, you go to eat some food and you eat way too much, you're probably going to turn yourself off from going to that restaurant again. Or, you know, you go to jujitsu and you roll for two hours and you're getting crushed. You're not going to want to go back the next day. So for me, it's like develop a healthy practice that makes me feel good afterwards. So that way tomorrow I'm excited to do it again, you know? And listen, there are times to ramp up. There are times where maybe you are training for a competition or you're training for something and you do need to push it a little bit further, knowing that those are the times to ramp up and then there's times to taper down.
0: Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think one of the biggest problems for people who start to work out is that they really go hardcore. Maybe the first one, two times they get super sore. Their body has no idea what just hit it. And that experience kind of deters deters uh going there again in general i think habit forming is completely separate from the actual action i mean yeah it's better to start extremely slowly just to kind of introduce your brain to that new habit that you're building and yeah totally so, <clears throat> uh, the last question i have for you is um there and we you kind of mentioned you know breathing uh when you go to sleep while sleeping breathing through your mouth Um, and there is a lot of, uh, talk about mouth taping right now. Do you have any experience with it? What do you think? about?
1: (laughs) Lots of experience with mouth taping. Um, so I tape every night. I started probably three years ago after I read the oxygen advantage, maybe four years ago now, um, I would go through periods of, of mouth breathing for sleep and, and typically, and I think James Nestor mentioned it recently, or Patrick McEwen, if you wake up, in the morning and your mouth is dry and your throat is dry and your nose is stuffed, it's probably a good sign that you're opening up your mouth at night. Maybe it's not as much as you think or it's more than you think, uh, but those are good telltale signs. Typically, um, people I recommend start with uh, a brand called Somnifix, um, S-O-M-N-I-F-I-X, I now use just like the regular sports tape, like that you would use at jujitsu or you use for rock climbing, things like that. Uh, so I just put a strip over my mouth. I put it right on my mouth, right when I'm ready to go to sleep. I do slow nasal breathing afterwards, like a five second inhale, five second exhale, all through the nose. And now I I sleep basically through the night, unless unless the baby wakes up or there's some sort of disturbance in the house. I I can sleep from. The moment I fall asleep to the morning without any disturbances, Um, you know, there was a point in time, maybe five, six years ago where I was getting up once a night to go to the bathroom. I was getting up to drink water. That's a sign also that you're breathing through your mouth. So if you're in a deep enough layer of sleep, if you're in REM sleep, you're not going to wake up to pee. That's not necessarily a lot of people say, oh, I'm getting older. That's just what happens. It's not true. It's actually, if you're in deep enough sleep, your body will will stay asleep, you know, you don't wake up unless your body's not in that deep layer of sleep. So um, I I started, you know, and I'll, there'll be weeks where I'll do it every night, and then maybe I'll take a night off just to see what happens. And most of the time, those nights, I don't sleep as well. Um, and it's a it's a really, it's probably the easiest, to, even if you're not gonna start a breath practice, or you're not gonna do ice baths, taping your mouth to sleep at night, if you are a mouth breather, is probably the best thing you could do to save your sleep and save your mood and your energy. I mean, listen, if you're overweight, if you have low testosterone, if you have body injuries, sore, things like that, it's a no brainer. It's a really, yeah. it's a really quick way to, to, to get better, more restorative sleep.
0: Yeah. And tying it to our the title of our podcast, which is biohacking beauty. And, and you did mention uh, James Nestor. So yeah, James Nestor, does talk about it uh briefly on in his book but what he does talk about as well is the fact that if we mouth breathe or breathe or if we nose breathe our our literally the the shape of our face changes you know mm-hmm. the, if we breathe through our our mouth our roof of the mouth kind of becomes smaller and our face becomes longer and more hollow and yes. have that, that uh long hollow look yeah, the-
1: totally. The face becomes yeah. narrow. The teeth change. I mean, you see kids now, you know, the teeth are, 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 in weird places. They're taking out teeth because they won't fit in the mouths. I mean, our whole, our whole facial structure has changed our jaw structure. All of these things change. Um, and it's a lot of it's based on diet and breathing. So you, the interesting thing too, about the human body is that you can correct it. You can start to breathe properly and it doesn't have to be something that you do early on in life. I mean, I can attest, not that I'm, I'm old, but you know, I'd had these habits for 15, 20 years and I, I was able to change things in a short amount of time. And it takes three nights, four nights, maybe a week to start to really notice the difference. I have some clients, the first night they mouth tape, they tell me it's the best sleep they've had in months or years. And a lot of them, you know, to go back to the biohacking component, a lot of them wear the aura ring or the whoop yeah. band. So they're actually tracking their sleep and they they've shown me their scores. The scores are infinitely better when they tape their mouth and when they don't take their ambient or they don't have that evening nightcap or whatever it is they're using to help them sleep at night, their sleep is infinitely better. The scores one of my clients, the best scores he ever had was when he was taping and then people stop and then they just stop. And, and that's part of it. Listen, you you go through ups and downs and you try it. You don't. Um, but especially for people that suffer from allergies, I know allergies are people are really sensitive, especially now, I think a year of wearing a mask and being yeah. isolated, the allergens are, are, you know, and people's noses are, are very sensitive. So I find a lot of people, you know, if they were to tape They would ensure nasal breathing. You know, your nose has a microbiome too. They always talk about the gut microbiome. Your nose has a a microbiome and the way you, you keep that microbiome strong is by breathing through it is by creating, you know, these, allowing these filtration systems to work. I mean, the nasal hair, the mucous membranes, like the nitric oxide, all these things are happening in your nose where you have none of that in your mouth, your mouth just opens up, it breathes down the throat, your throat gets sore. You know, if people want to stave off flu, colds, infections, you should be breathing through your nose because that's the filter. There's no filter in your mouth. So it's not only of causing you not to get into deep sleep, but it's also non-filtered air.
0: Wow. Well, I can't, can't agree more. And it seems, um, you know, when, you know, I, I used to dread getting the common cold until I realized it's not, and I used to feel so bad while having it, until I realized it's not the common cold, it's not the runny nose that that's that's making it that bad. It's me starting to breathe through my mouth for an entire yeah. day or two, and you're, you feel, honestly, you feel like you're undergoing something way, way, way worse.
1: Like, yeah, totally. Well, it sends stress signal to your nervous system. It's not filtered air. I, and, and people ask me too, they're like, well, what do you do when you have a cold? And there was a point in time where I wouldn't mouth tape when I had a cold. Then one, one summer, one winter in New York, I got a little bit of a cold and I wore the tape, even though my left nostril was completely stuffed. Um, I couldn't breathe through it, just my right nostril. And I wore the tape and I woke up the next day and I felt so much better. So now if I get sick, I wear, it's even more important to wear the tape because that night of sleep is going to indicate and deter whether or not I get better faster. So like the doctors, people will tell you when you're sick, you need to get rest. You need to sleep. If you're breathing through your mouth all night, you're not sleeping to a deep space. You're sleeping in this low level space. So you're going to, that infection, that illness is going to continue to linger. Your inflammation is going to continue to stay up. So I, I stay with the, with the mouth tape basically no matter what. Um. Well,
0: listen, yeah, Javi, it's, it's, it, I feel like we're just scratching the surface. We can talk about
1: yeah. the
0: chemistry of the nose and, and how we, you know, the mechanisms that are built into nose breathing that, that sustain us, such as nitric oxide or microbiome of, of the nose. Or the system and we can have an entire podcast about it but yeah totally uh, that's
1: what i tell people all the time that we could talk always about nasal breathing for hours so avi
0: really for someone who does want to get your guidance what is the best way to reach you where can they you know get more information about you or follow you
1: so i'm on uh instagram it's at avilu a-v-i-l-u Um, And then I'm also uh, posting events. I have a retreat coming up in the Yucatan in Mexico end of October uh, where we'll be doing a Wim Hof workshop or be doing swimming in cenotes. They can find out more information about that on my website, avigreenberg.com. And then I'm going to be posting a link to my weekly breathing sessions as well on my website. So that way, if someone's interested and they want to try it out, they can always check out my website for, for updates there. And then I also have a link tree as well. Great. I
0: highly, highly recommend following Avi and, and uh, consulting with him. And we obviously would add the, uh, you know, the Instagram handle and the way and your website in the description. And I personally want to thank you, Avi, for this amazing time that 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 you've explained the bare minimum of Wim Hof method highly yeah recommended, and I uh, hope we can do it again
1: yeah for sure I I hope we can do it again and definitely we'll do a breathing session soon I I definitely enjoyed it next time I'll come on we'll talk about jujitsu
0: yes sir we we have to we have to get the jujitsu going for sure
1: awesome man well appreciate you so much thanks for having me on thank you Avi